Jazz and Chargers Unleashed, Sebastian Joseph Day, you know the vibes, we outside. You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed Podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Eppner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by Bet Online, Charger Bolt Family, Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia, and Liquid Death. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, for just a few seconds, let me oh. just... Let me take you back in time. No, 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 no. We're going forward. Take you back in time to December 26th. No. 2021. No, it hurts. The day right after Christmas. We're all in a good mood. No, we weren't. The Chargers are going up against the Houston Texans. We're thinking, okay, this is towards the end of the season. This is one of the games that's going to secure our playoff spots. You did not tell me you were going to start this show this way. It and hurts already. lo and behold, <laughs> the Chargers it. were embarrassed. Essentially, the Chargers were the key ingredient to giving Rex Burkhead his new contract with the game that he had on this day. So now fast forward to now. Was that the low light other than week 18 of last Probably. year? Probably, yeah. So fast forward, now going into week four of the 2022 season, we all had this game circled when the schedule comes out. Revenge game, absolutely. Given the Chargers' current status, going on the road against the team that still does not secure a win yet in the Houston Texans, are the Chargers going to be able to get themselves back on track, or are they going to disappoint us once again, Dan Wolkenstein, please pick up your positivity flag and carry it. What an intro. Welcome to Chargers Unleashed. Uh, thank you for joining us again. The first time coming in, of course, hit the like and subscribe. We're here for you guys. Uh, look, it's a new week. Tons to get into this week. We're going to go into, obviously, injury updates, which there's a ton to go into. We also got some roster updates as well. Uh, some new guys added, some guys now on IR that were subtracted. But, of course, we've got to get into the week four preview, all things Houston Texans, Los Angeles Chargers, offense versus defense on both sides, bowl predictions, keys to the game, and final score predictions we'll get into. Jake, before we get into uh, the opposite of how I feel right now, I feel great through the moon, feel wonderful. Liquid death was how everyone felt last week or so. Before we talk about liquid death, uh, Jake, I think it's time. We've kind of put this on hiatus a little bit. The Chargers at least hotline we have not used this season. And to the fault of our own, we'll fully accept that we haven't really even talked about it. I think given how many feelings there are, Jake, I feel like we got to bring it back. So we are now officially bringing back Chargers at least hotline for the 2022 season. If you guys have any questions, comments, want to be a part of the show, we'll listen to your voicemails. We'll play them live on the show. You'll get our reactions. 323 374 5651, Chargers Unleash Hotline. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. Pre-game, post-game, whatever you want. Uh, we'll do our best to uh, make this a little bit more entertaining for you guys. Because I remember last year, Jake, there were some kickers <laughs> that were pretty good. But, Jake, liquid death, murdering thirst, helping the planet. Friends of ours sponsor the show. Talk about them. 
So I want to remind everybody, again, if you're going into your local Ralph's, your Albertsons, your 7-Eleven, whatever may be near you, and you happen to walk into the water section, but you, you happen to look at what must be a bunch of tall boys that are just randomly put there, well, they're not. Don't be, uh, don't be fooled by the outer layer. That is our good friends over at Liquid Death, who has one of the new sparkling waters that are out there, uh, and in three different flavors, in regular, and mango, and lime as well. So definitely, as Dan was saying, as far as murdering thirst. They do a lot more than that in terms of recycling and pollution with their proceeds going uh, for every purchase of theirs. So I had a few last week, definitely needed it. I'm not sure if Dan took them, but he's obviously in much better spirits today. But make sure... Make sure you go on over to liquiddeath.com slash LAFB. Go get yourself a tasty refreshment of Liquid Death and do it today. If you guys want to look cool, like all you got to do is go get some tall boys from Liquid Death, go to the bar, pretend like you're drinking, get crazy. You could be like the black box that everyone doesn't want to have in their group where everyone else is getting drunk, getting crazy, and you're the one that has all of the memories. You got your tall boy, Liquid Death, they'll help you out. Jake, I don't know about you, but real quick on that. Whenever you go to the grocery store and you go to like whether you're your wine, spirits, whatever, do you ever purchase like purely based on the logo? Like we're like, oh, that can looks cool or that bottle looks awesome. You know, maybe back when I was in my teenage years, I did that. <laughs> oh, no, but you know, that's illegal. Well, yes. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, under the table, we've all done it. You know, it was always about what Wink. logo looks cool. Yeah. Then, you know, about an hour later, you immediately regret that decision. <laughs> yes. You know, I've unfortunately had my stints. I've had my 99 bananas phase. I've had all those <laughs> two bad phases. Shots. Exactly. You know, I remember the days before Fireball, there was Aftershock. I remember oh. Aftershock for sure. But uh, yeah, so don't do that just based on, <laughs> on the logos. It's a bad mistake. Except if you're looking for water, if you're looking to hydrate, do that for Liquid Death because their Definitely. stuff looks sweet. Um, I do got to try the flavored ones. All right, Jake. So first things first, let's go right off the bat. Before we get into uh, the game preview, I think it's important to talk about who's going to be and who's not going to be in the game. Tons of updates that we got from the coaching staff this week on health updates. So real quick, Jake. Keenan Allen, back at practice. Donald Parham, back at practice. Corey Lindsley, back at practice. Huge. Which is arguably probably the biggest one. Uh, Kenneth Murray seems to be fine. Um, I know I'm missing one. Justin Herbert obviously has no setbacks. He's JC Jackson fine. was back at practice. That's the other one. Uh, so those are all positives. Now, if you look essentially at the all limited, but yes, yes, all positives. If we look at if you look at this as a in a macro sense, Jake, all of what transpired last week, obviously the loss sucked the Jaguars. But you lose Sean Slater for the year. You lose Jalen Guyton for the year. And you lose Joey Bosa for seemingly six to eight weeks. So could have been worse than Joey Bosa, but the Rashawn Slater news, not good. Um, you now heard from Brandon Staley that Jamari Sawyer, the rookie, is going to be starting at left tackle, which I know is a pleasant surprise to a lot of folks, Jake included. So realistically, biggest impacts, Rashawn Slater not going to be there. Joey Bosa not going to be there for eight weeks, six to eight weeks-ish. I'm just projecting. Otherwise, the... Hell on earth, hell's frozen over, we're all done for 2022. That can kind of be stymied a little bit because you're getting most of your squad back. So, yes, injuries happen in the NFL, but the Rashawn Slater one is horrible. That one sucks. 
But if we can get average from Rashad, if we get average from Jamari Sawyer, if we can keep the, Trey, the same Trey Pipkins, it's not the best, but you can make do with worse. You've seen NFL teams succeed with worse offensive lines than that. Again, they have Corey Lindsley. They have Zion Johnson. Trey Pipkins has actually been pretty above average right now. Like, you'll take that. So they're not terrible. They were terrible last week, obviously. But look who was there. Look who's not there anymore. So take overall big picture before we get into the actual specifics of offense, defense, and stuff. What were kind of your big takeaways from either the injury updates, transactions? I know we got some new guys on the team now. Biggest takeaways you got? <sighs> I mean... <laughs> you kind of hit the nail right on the head when you when you are starved for good news as this Chargers fan base has been essentially <laughs> over the last two weeks that your fan base goes into a frenzy when they find out that your left tackle for this upcoming game is not <laughs> going to be Storm Norton. It's kind of funny. You knew you just needed something. Just give them something at this point to put them in a in a much better mood. Look. I tweeted this out yesterday. I was very surprised that they decided to make this move. I was very surprised that Brandon Staley chose to do this because he has stuck with Storm Norton for essentially a year and three games now. And I personally thought that he was going to favor experience in his system, so he would have moved Trey Pipkins over to the left side, inserted Storm Norton over to the right, and you were going to go with that project all over again essentially. And I was very happy that from a guy in Jamari Sawyer, that the hype that has been around him since he was selected by this team, what we saw from him in the preseason, I know that he is best suited as a guard. No question about that. You're not going to get the type of Rashawn Slater production inserting him at left tackle, even though he is has had some experience at left tackle. What was it, 20 games in Georgia that he played at the left tackle position? So he does have experience in doing that. He is your guard of the future. In my opinion, he's the Matt Filer replacement when that when that day finally comes. So I was just very impressed to see a little bit of shift in previous continuity that Staley had shown. So sure. maybe it's a sign that he might be learning something in this circumstance because... There, there has been enough. There has been enough unfortunate reps for Storm Norton in this offense. And when you're talking about having a blindside protector that is protecting your quarterback that is already banged up, is that you can't afford? You can't afford that if your plan is to make a playoff push here and get some wins under the belt. Hundred percent, I, I agree. I think that was refreshing to see. Um, you and I kind of talked about it offline, like. You know, the, the expectations and the hopes for Jamai Sawyer like, are high. I think they should be tempered a little bit. But worst case scenario, he is as bad as Storm Norton. And that is the worst case scenario. <laughs> Would you agree? I mean, yeah, so it's the worst case scenario. Yeah, sure. So I'm saying like the bench, like you can't get worse than what we have experienced the last few weeks. Correct. And if you're to. picking a game to get yourself ramped up from a number of different aspects, i.e. this game for Jamari Sawyer, possibly getting your run game going again. This would be one of the games to do it in against the Houston Texans. So, yes, you hope for better. Let's not expect the moon from Jamari Sawyer going into this game, but I would hope to expect an improvement over what was there previously. Sure. 
Um, so last bit of news in terms of updates before we get into the game preview. Uh, Jake, Jalen Guyton out for the year 20 CL. Uh, Chargers brought in wide receiver John Hightower from the Eagles, who has some deep threat capabilities. Um, I think he's like 6'2", 190. Uh, you've seen some splash phrase from him. I was looking at the film. Honestly, Jake, the one, like the one thing that I saw that kind of stood out more than anything with him was, man, Justin Herbert so much better than Carson Wentz. If you go back and watch some of the film, you're like, that's a bad throw. That's a bad throw. That's going to give him a chance. He does have, there were some times where he saw some issues with drops, especially some in traffic, some, but more glaringly was how many throws were targeted to him that didn't even give him a chance. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what the Chargers do moving forward because obviously they signed John Hightower to the practice squad this week. They elevate Jason Moore to the 53-man roster essentially as the as the Guyton replacement, I'm assuming, for a downfield threat. Which he is so not that. No. No, (laughs) he's not that. He's not that. So again, I'm curious to see that. I know a lot of people are saying, where is Michael Bandy? And again, it's with Keenan Allen returning, with what you have in DeAndre Carter. Unfortunately, just from the slot standpoint, it may take a while to get Michael Bandy elevated to the 53-man roster as it stands right now. Yep. Yeah. So uh, Richard Rogers was also elevated as well from a tight end perspective. I think did you mention that? I mean, I just doubled up. I said. didn't mention that. No. Okay. So um, look, it, it's it's gonna be interesting to see. For the record, for the record, my personal belief: charges would be it'd be advantageous for that team. If they were to call up Michael Bandy, they had DeAndre Carter, they have Keenan Allen, and dink and dunk the hell out of every football team and bleed them all the way through until you get to the red zone. And then now you got Jamari Sawyer, Zion Johnson, hopefully you got Corey Lindsley here. Like you got enough push to be able to, in theory, you should be able to get a damn touchdown on the ground. That's I mean, my I don't think the recipe to success, if your offensive line is not doing well or if your quarterback is injured, is to go to find speed and try to chuck it 50 yards when your quarterback doesn't have time. I just don't think that's the solution. The solution is fix your damn running game. The running game is well, atrocious. Well, after absolutely that. So Which this we'll was interesting. Into. This was from Eric Smith earlier today talking to Joe Lombardi. Lombardi had said, this was the actual tweet from Eric Smith, said that he was probably a little cautious early on Sunday with so many unknowns with Justin Herbert's injury. Says that he should have been more willing to push the pace and said that he, that will not be a problem going forward. So I'm sure a lot of people have that tweet bookmarked for uh, <laughs> for if and when that old they kept the receipts happening again. Yes, they're keeping the receipts on that one for sure. So, you know, I, I get it, Dan, and I understand your approach on this and with an injured quarterback like this is not the worst idea, but you essentially have to guarantee yourself that you're putting points on the board when you get in the red zone, when you're matriculating down the field like that. You have to obviously have a defense that can also be capable of taking away the ball, stopping on third down, fourth down, what have you, and just take that whole facet away. And if you can keep scoring a la the the old school New England Patriots, yeah, that's an interesting game plan to do. So, again, this is another opportunity going up against a Houston Texans team, especially from a rushing standpoint, that have given up major chunks of yards through the first three weeks of the season. 
this is an opportunity for you to get your run game in order to get a more balanced offense. As Brandon Steele said earlier this week, get more touches to Austin Eckler. I know he got eight receptions last week, but essentially what? It was only five carries. You just, you, you are, from a rushing standpoint, you're, you're just not getting it done right now, and you need to get that fixed. No, and, and so let's kind of get into it. <sighs> Dan, before we go to the game breakdown, a little bit of breaking news. It may be, a, who knows what else, what's going to happen here, but it may be time to call up Michael Bandy just a few minutes after talking about him. <laughs> Jeff Miller just tweets out, as we speak right now, Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen has just left practice with a trainer. I have no more context other than that. Doesn't talk about, did he, didn't say, did he go down? Didn't say what he was grasping. Didn't say if he was limping off the field. It literally just said, left practice with a trainer. That's all I know. So once again, you cannot make this up from the Charger injury standpoint right now. It is ridiculous. All right. Well, let's all say a prayer. Let's all put a you know prayer circle that Keenan Allen just needed to go to the bathroom. Who knows? Um, oh, man. Okay. So, Jake, I think to kind of extrapolate, in my opinion, the recipe for success for a team who is battling with an injured quarterback and a suspect offensive line that is from a pass protection perspective is you need to be efficient short throws. You have you literally have the guys to do that in house. Gerald Everett, Yak Machine. You've got DeAndre Carter, very, very good production, and is a playmaker. You've got Keenan Allen, in theory, or in and theory, Michael Bantz for underneath, always open. Then if you need to, you've got chunk play abilities with a Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, or if you want to kind of do slants and ends, you can go that route. And then you got Donald Parham, who is a red zone mismatch, coupled with the fact that you have arguably the best red zone quarterback in the NFL in Justin Herbert. That is how offensively, at least through the air, you win. And then if you can establish some form of identity on the ground, you're a business. Will they do that? Time will tell. Uh, Jake, all right, let's get into it. Game preview brought to you by our good friends over at Bet Online. Jake, uh, over under how many rushing touchdowns we see in this game? I'm gonna go. You know, total. I'm, I'm gonna go total. I'm gonna go 0.5. For context, Chargers have not gotten one in the NFL so far this season. Houston, I believe, has had one, maybe two. No, no, no. Houston's had... Let me just see here. I think you're right. I think Damon Pierce has been the only one that has scored their rushing touchdown, I believe. They have one. Yep. They have one rushing they have touchdown. One. They have one, and they have given up three. So, in, so six, in six combined games between the three te- between the two teams, they have gotten one rushing touchdown. I'm going to put the line at .5. Jake, over or under? I'll... <laughs> I'm going over. I'm, I'm Sorry, over. I'm I'm already kind of deflated from what was just reported. No, 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 no. Come on, let's go. But let me try to pick myself back up here. I'll give them the one. I'll give them the one and say that they get one because they have to get their running game going. They have to against a team that has given up. I think it's just over 600 yards rushing through the first three weeks. It's ridiculous. 
absolutely so the worst. You there is no excuse that you cannot get your running game back on track in this game. So I'll give them one. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Let's see if Bet Online has that spread. Um, well, but Jake, talk about Bet Online. Let's get some people some money. Well. Yeah, I could use some money after this Keenan Allen news. So Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today or use the mobile device to join, and we will make your first sports bet or not not we will you will make your first sports bet use the promo yes use the promo code believe50 that's b l e a v 50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts all right jake let's get into it chargers offense texans defense it's kind of interesting because you're kind of seeing a little bit of good on good but then you're also kind of seeing some bad um they're Texans defense overall, if you just look at it, tail of two halves, passing defense, pretty darn good. Rushing defense, god-awful. Like, awful. Now, you pair that with the Chargers offense. Like, the Chargers offense, passing offense, is actually pretty good. So, good on good. Good Chargers offense on passing. Good Texans defense passing. Bad Chargers offense, rushing, terrible. Rushing defense for the Texans, brutal. So just to kind of give some context here, Jake, the defense, you mentioned it, the defense of the Texans have given up over 202 yards per game rushing, which is the worst in the NFL, over 600 yards rushing, worst in the NFL. And the, to put it in context, Jake, they're like literally 140-ish yards more rushing allowed than the next closest, than the 31st worst team in the NFL in rushing is allowed. Going up against the Chargers offense that is 32nd in the NFL in rushing. Not good. 32nd yards per attempt at just 2.6 yards per attempt rushing. But you look at the Texans' defense through the air. Second best completion percentage. Only allowing 55.1 completion percentage for opposing quarterbacks. Only giving up two touchdowns through the air. Chargers have gotten seven. 207 yards per game through the air. Fifth most quarterback hits and just a 66% quarterback rating allowed. Through the air, that's good. Jalen Petrie, you've got Derek Stingley back there. Like Their secondary is doing well, and I think a lot of that is because of the pass rush. Isn't quite getting home all the time, but is adding enough to, to create some pressure. So I think the obvious storyline here, Jake, is... I should say obvious. So maybe the, the question is, which way do you attack this? Like, I know Chargers' strength is Herbert and company through the air. But the weakness of the defense that they're going up against is the weakness of your own team. So, like, how would you attack it? Would you try to establish the run? Which is your, you, which are typically not good? Or would you like, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to go after it. I mean, it's it's you would hope for some more encouraging news from a rushing attack this week. Even with Rashawn Slater being out, you're going to get Corey Lindsley back. So you would hope that you'd be able to get this running game going against a defense that is surrendering as much rushing yards as the Texans are. Now, from an aerial standpoint, 
as we had just said a few minutes ago, as far as Joe Lombardi's approach to the Jacksonville Jaguars games, he admitted that he started a little bit slow. Again, the unknowns with Justin Herbert were a big factor of that. It looked like it was a game that was drawn up for Chase Daniel. Unfortunately, they had Justin Herbert playing this game. Which a, so, conser- which a conservative Justin Herbert is a Chase Daniel. So kind of makes sense. It, lo- it looked that way. <laughs> Save for one drive, it looked that way for sure. So you got to be able to get this run game going to give some type of balance to give to keep your to keep the opposing defense honest you have to do that because Jacksonville was able to win big time in pressuring Justin Herbert last week. You cannot allow Houston's defense to start getting after you uh especially with guys like Jerry Hughes veteran pass rushers on this team. Defense uh, and, good. and who knows what's going to happen at the left tackle position. So it's not a it's not an anchor anymore for the remainder of this season. You have to take this into account. So I would hope that the Chargers would be able to matriculate down the field, but not be afraid to take shots when they're open and available. I would hope that they would be willing to take more risks, even with Justin, Zer- Justin Herbert's injury for this game. Like you mentioned, Jalen Petrie, he currently leads this team with two interceptions right now. Derek Stingley, who Brandon Staley today praised in his news conference. So let's not forget, he went out personally to his pro day, and we were all kind of making our own assumptions and connections based off of that. So he holds Derek Stingley in all a very high regard. So don't ultimately dismiss this Houston Texans defense just because their record stands at 0-2-1. and one. Don't do that. Um, you can't do that because of what we saw last year. We can't afford to be that naive. Now, Dan, I'm interested because I think this was a big factor in last year, and I think it will ultimately be another big factor in this game. How much information do you think that Pep Hamilton has given the defensive coordinator of the Houston Texans? Because once upon a time, he was the quarterback whisperer for one Justin Herbert. He was a quarterback whisperer, but that was QB 101. This is now QB 202. Sure. I don't know. That'd be kind of... I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit, a little bit. And you got I, some familiar faces that are always pissed off to play the Chargers in one Desmond King as true. well. So yes. <laughs> there's all these elements from a Texans defensive standard that you have to take into account. And again, we are talking about a team that still has not won a game that is playing at home. And when that happens, it's ultimate, it's ultimate desperation at that point. So you can't just dismiss this as a back on track game for the Chargers. You have to take it seriously based off no. of last year and what you saw last week. Yes. And in my opinion, Jake, I think it's glaring. The way to beat this team is to get to the second level, get to the linebackers, both through the run and the pass. If you can get Jodre Carter, Gerald Everett, Keenan Allen slash Bandy or whoever your playmakers underneath in mismatches, you got that all day long. You're going up against, like a, a Blake Cashman at linebacker who's questionable for this week. You got Christian Kirksey, Camu Grugge Hill. You got Neville Hewitt. Like these guys do not stand a chance in fear, generally, at least talent wise, against the playmakers that you have on offense. Now, get to the third level and get back to the secondary. Like that's a different story. They got some dudes back there. But you, but this goes back to my hope that they can matriculate and just churn five, seven yard catches yards after catch, start going like do that. That's how you win this game. If also, if you can rush for yes. something, you would hope for so. something. 
You would hope you get so. to the second level, you should be fine. Um, can we please not do one stupid like end around trick play? Yes, I'm well, all for that. I'm fine with a trick play, but the ones I'm not fine with are the ones that you hand it off, it runs out, and then you try to throw it across and then throw it again. Like they <laughs> literally never work. End around <laughs> fine. Let DeAndre Carter take one fine. Like cool. I think my problem with it also, Dan, is not just the play selection. But it's on the down that you choose to do the play. You just on. got a like, shot play. It's second and two, and we're doing a flea flicker thing. We're just like, dude, who gives a crap? Just I would get two yards. I would so much rather just take a fullback dive. Exactly. Like, I, I wouldn't care. So um, I think that's it for the storylines for our offense versus their defense. Again, it's a tale of good on good versus bad on bad. Which one you're going to be able to take advantage of? Uh, flipping it, Jake. This is kind of interesting. Chargers defense, which people have kind of gotten on, you know, for week one, they look as advertised. Honestly, week two, they did as well. Week three, got embarrassed. You heard Derwin James kind of talk about how they just it didn't sit well. They had a team meeting, whereas player led, uh, they were not feeling great. Everyone kind of left immediately after the game. Um, like that, the, look, the Texans offense is not good. So here's some stats for it. 29th in total yard, 25th in passing, 27th in rushing, only had one rushing touchdown and 26th in rushing yards per attempt. That's their defense. Okay. Excuse me, their offense. Chargers defense. I mean, the, it, it's interesting. There's, there are some that are good, but then there's some that are bad that I actually find surprising. Jake, did you know for as much as people want to shit on the Chargers defense for how bad they are against the run. They've given up the fewest first downs via rushing in the entire NFL. Best at that. But pass rush, which, you know, you talk about having the best pass rushing duo in the NFL. Week one was phenomenal. And then from a statistics perspective, Jake, the Chargers are fifth worst in the NFL in hurry percentage at just 4.2% and fifth worst in pressure percentage at 16.8. Now, you have no Khalil, you have no Joey Bosa. So is that number going to get any better? Who knows? You have JC Jackson in theory. It seems like he's going to be able to come back soon. Um, you're going up against a team that is not great in offense on either side. So, like from a defensive side, this could be a get right game. We'll see how Chris Rumpf comes in. Big opportunity for him. Can we get some pass rushing from the interior or anywhere for that matter? Hopefully you don't have to blitz because when that happens, bad things happen usually. <laughs> Unless it's Derwin James coming off the edge. But otherwise, I mean, if you look at if you look at the players they're going up against, Jake, like who on this offense scares you for Houston? Like I'll just kind of go through it. You got Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins. Chris Moore, Philip Dorsett. They do have Tyler Johnson, who I let come out of the draft, but like, okay. Tight end, they got OJ Howard, Farrell Brown. I think Brevin Jordan missed a practice, I believe. Their offensive line's pretty good. I'll give them that. Running back, D Damian Pierce, Rex Burkhead. And then Davis, know, Davis Mills, Colin Place. I know like, numbers notwithstanding, or names notwithstanding, excuse me. This is. This is a less 
talented team essentially than what you just went up against in Jacksonville, which is just wild it. to say. I hate it. And Jacksonville still found a way Blew to the doors out. 38 on you. So, Dan, it really just starts again in the trenches. So let me just extrapolate what the Chargers are losing right now from a defensive standpoint. So if you took 1 through 10, the highest pass rush win rate as an edge defender, Khalil Mack is at number 9. Joey Bosa was number 8. So you lost the number eight win rush guy as a defensive end for your team. So that's out of there. You have to find a way to replace that in some form or fashion. Uh, we'll see if Chris Rump ends up standing, uh, stepping up in that regard. Who knows if they would possibly thinking thinking about using Morgan Fox more at the edge because his win rate percentage during when he's in the game has actually been pretty good. Highest run stop win rate as an edge defender Khalil Mack's number seven. Joey Bosa wasn't in the top 10 on this, believe it or not, but Khalil Mack was number seven. Now, here's where it gets interesting, Dan, because despite all those weapons that you talk about, or to some people lack thereof, the Houston Texans offensive line actually isn't that bad. Highest pass blocking win rate as a tackle, one through 10, makes you feel any worse about the Rashawn Slater situation. He sat at five at the end of this week. Laramie Tunsil for the, for the Houston Texans, number 10 on that list. And here's the one that really just makes you want to vomit when we're talking about Chargers offensive line oh, standpoints. Top 10 center pass blocking win rate. I seem to remember a former player on this team named Scott Questenberry, who currently is the Houston Texans starting center. He's at number 10. That's as a pass block win rate. And as a run block win rate, Dan, are you ready for this? As far as a center goes, Scott Questenberry is number seven. So you got to find some way to generate a pass rush to get to Davis Mills. You were unable to rattle him a year ago. You have to figure out a way to do this. And once again, you now don't have the duo powerhouse that we were talking about all offseason between Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Now Khalil Mack is obviously going to garner a lot more attention from the offensive line. So you're going to need to get creative because as much as I would like to see just Chris Rump, this be his breakout game, I don't think it's going to happen. So you need to get creative on how you're going to be sending your blitzes, disguise it a little bit more. I'd like to see Drew Tranquil coming in on some of those plays through the middle like he has. And Dan, as you had mentioned, I'm not seeing anything from the interior. Personally, I haven't seen it since week one because Sebastian Joseph Day was getting through and winning on some of those reps. But truthfully, I have not seen it since. So you have to find some other way to get interior pressure. And of course, what is all of this going to do? It's going to help everything in the secondary. I feel like you could just literally repeat everything from last season. Then we talked about the Texans just like, Put it here like yes. this is not like this game is not about talent. Like it's just going to be like, can the Chargers dominate? Like, can they impose their will? That's they're basically not, they're, they will not dominate. I will guarantee you that 
this will not be a. I don't mean dominant. To I, don't, I don't mean. I don't mean points wise. I mean like, do they? They want to be a physical, rugged, tough football team. Like, can they impose their will and dominate physically? Look, you lost a tough game two weeks ago that you really should have won. Mm-hmm. Then you get ten days to prepare and you embarrass yourself. Mm-hmm. If the indication that we all heard about in Sebastian Joseph Day calling a team meeting right after that game and the Chargers all hauled ass out of that locker room in record time fashion, I expect to see a reflection of what that meeting actually meant. I, like honestly, I this is not me trying to be sugarcoating stuff, but like genuinely, I thought Chargers after losing to the Chiefs would have been coming out pissed off. And I want to see what a pissed off Chargers defense looks like. Seriously. If they don't come out looking pissed off this week, I don't know what the hell to tell you. Like, seriously, I I don't. I don't know how they could be any more emotionally invested and hair on full days here. So um we talked about kind of the keys on offense, keys on defense. Uh Jake. <laughs> Time for it. Bold, bold predictions and final score predictions. So both of us, I believe, I think we are, I mean, I think we're one and two. I think each of us predicted, oh no, you, I think you technically are two and one because you predicted the Chargers would lose to the Chiefs. I think I predicted they would win. So I'm one and two, you're two and one. Here we go. Bold predictions. Give us one, followed by your final score. I mean, in the case of the Chargers, I never thought that this would actually be as bold of a prediction would be as if we were talking about last week, or excuse me, last week, last year, especially with the likes of Austin Eckler. But bold prediction that Chargers have over 150 yards rushing collectively as a group. Let's see if they can actually put that much emphasis into getting this run game going. I have, I have plenty of doubts. And for those of you that are asking, where is Isaiah Spiller? Brandon Staley also said today that Isaiah Spiller essentially has to beat out either Sony Michelle or Joshua Kelly to be elevated on the roster. I'm sure that will cause a lot of comments in (laughs) for this video, but that is the current status of the Chargers running game. Still, through three weeks, have yet to score a rushing touchdown. So, can they get it back on track this week in Houston? That's a, that's an interesting sidebar conversation of what your running back depth chart should look like. Um, 150 yards. Look, if there's a game to do it, this is it. Uh, 150, though, that's that's like seven times what the Chargers got last week. So, yeah. Um, and foul score. What have you? Do you still, have us winning? Do you have us winning? Yes. <gasps> do I? Do I have them winning by a blowout? No. Do I have them winning by two touchdowns? I'm so no. Proud of you. I have them winning by four. Call it twenty-seven. <laughs> no, I'll say I'll, I'm winning by three. Yeah, this is going to be the Chargers winning, but Jason have, had like Evan yeah. seventeen f bombs. I'll have I correct myself. I'll have the Chargers winning by three, twenty-seven, twenty-four. And because it's because when was the last time that you can convincingly, probably the Giants game last year, where you actually could just sit back and not have any stress <laughs> and just enjoy a game. Unfortunately, until I see it, given all the variables in this equation. 
I still think we're going to have our stressful moments this Sunday. All right. I think bold prediction. I think you are going to see a 65 plus yard touchdown from the chargers. I think you're going to see them get some sort of yak touchdown. So not like a bomb, but I'm talking like maybe a 20, 30 yard throw or 10 yard throw or screen or something that goes the distance. Uh, I would love to see that be Austin Eckler, but it doesn't matter. We're going to get a 65-yard touchdown from someone through the air. Uh, final score. <sighs> this hurts. 27-23. Uh, to 23. Chargers, obviously. Uh, if they freaking lose this, Jake, this... <laughs> Twitter sphere for bolt fame are going to go into a shit show. Like we thought this week was bad. Um, Oh man. Uh, Okay. So quick before we get Alex, I can't even say her name because she'll start talking back to me. Have you ever tried to do that before? Yes. Shut. (laughs) For those listening, I just got berated by my ALEXA sitting next to me. Um, couple housekeeping items. Jake, rock solid sports memorabilia. They have a Ladanian Tomlinson signing going on next month, I believe. Uh, for folks who have any questions or want to set something up for themselves, give us a DM, send us an email, or give out a email to rock or J Rock, excuse me, at rocksolidsports.com. Again, or DM us for more information. We put out something on our uh, Instagram, excuse me, on our Twitter. And all that talks about the details. Again, the Dayton Tomlinson signing coming up next month. You can get memorabilia signed by him, GOAT, Hall of Famer, Chargers legend. Uh, Jake, anything else you want to tell the great friends before we head out of here and cross all of our extremities and hopes for a Chargers victory to settle this place down? I just hope we're back here next Monday in a much better mood. There's the optimism. I love it. If you want to call that optimism, <laughs> sure. That's as close as you're going to get to Jake. That's, with that's optimism. the best you're going to get from me right now. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right. For, for Jake Hefner and his flooding of optimism coming through the screen, you can find him at Jake D. Hefner. Oozing out of my pores. For, for the rest of it, you can find at Dan W. Sports. Uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great weekend. Oh, by the way, if you're still listening, we got a very, very fun episode coming out tomorrow. Um, So stay tuned for possibly a special guest. We shall see. Enjoy the afternoon. Enjoy Thursday night football. And we'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.